0: The Young Pope premiered on January 16th, 2017 on HBO. Let's put 58 minutes on the clock. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study. My name is Chris Lantinen, and I am your host and I'm joined, as always, he's waiting on his Cherry Coke Zero, it's Grimes! (laughs) Well then, I'll wait here for my Cherry Coke Zero. For
1: sure, for sure. Um, I love that. You know I love that diet drink.
0: So, this is our first our first 2017 show, and right before we got on air, you said, what about this show?
1: What a pile of <laughs> shit. God, I was bored 20 minutes into this thing. I thought I was going to just not make it. I, I, It's rare that I almost quit the show and have to tell you on here that I couldn't even finish it, but this thing god it sucked
0: were you bored <laughs> after you realized that the whole exciting like first 20 minutes were a dream sequence
1: yeah you mean the only good part was <laughs> fake yes that pisses <laughs> me off too <laughs>
0: so <laughs> this is a show directed and written by a man named Paolo sorrentino he is an italian filmmaker his big credits are things like the great beauty and this must be the place the latter of which is that movie where sean penn like kind of sort of plays like robert smith from, from oh yeah the cure is that his name mm-hmm. robert smith right yeah yeah from the cure and it, he has the same look and everything, but he's not really playing He's playing like an aging rock star. But anyways, he is the director behind that movie and, of course, written by him as well. Um, a couple other credits that I wanted to make sure that we listed was cinematography. Obviously, this is a very gorgeous-looking show, even if a lot of that stuff is very empty. Uh, Luca Bagazzi is the cinematographer for all 10 episodes. And music, I thought the music was really good. That is by someone named Lele Marchatel Marchettelli. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. That is a an Italian composer. Also did all ten episodes. So saying all that. Jude Law crawls out of a pile of dead babies at the beginning.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was um just that pro life messaging right away. That, <laughs> it's fun.
0: So we got the, um, we got the dead baby pile. Um, which I thought was uh, certainly the most bizarre opening to any TV series I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I, I think so. I don't. I can't, I can't think of another show where I've been so taken aback. It's like by jarring. The, yeah, yeah, by the opening imagery.
1: I can't either. It was very jarring, and it led me to believe that the entire thing was going to be interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dream sequence is very, uh, very misleading in that we have. It's it's like it's better shot than the rest of the series. It's very stylized, stylized in an interesting way, not in like an empty, in an empty manner. It is. It features the young Pope himself, Jude Law, going out to the, the stage or balcony or whatever the fuck they call this. My, my, my <laughs> might as well be called a stage. My religious terminology is not going to be strong <laughs> the whole time. I was trying to remember what the guys in the red hats were called
1: yeah i didn't a lot of this was a refresher for me as well
0: yeah i've i was not i'm not very up to date on my religious terms but um So he goes up on the stage in this opening dream sequence and basically just starts saying all these ridiculous things. Cardinals are passing out when he says, like, we should masturbate and we should do all these different things. I can't can't remember all the... Do you remember any of the things that he encouraged people to do?
1: Uh, Use contraceptives, get abortions, have sex outside of marriage.
0: Basically (laughs) Basically
1: everything the Catholic um, dogma is against.
0: Right. So he goes up and he says all these things. And you think it's like this oh this extremely exciting kind of like game-changing moment for the catholic church and then he wakes up and it's all fake so yeah <laughs> and, they, and
1: then from there the rest of the show you might as well not watch because nothing happens except some old nun shows up to be his helper at the end
0: <laughs> well okay so there is there is some good stuff that happens in the dream sequence so i'll stay there first off we get our first jude law ass shot in about two minutes which again has to be an HBO record.
1: Yeah, I mean we get it a, a muted view from the shower, but then you get the full yeah. B <laughs> when he's getting ready to put his little bathrobe on and go out and give his talk.
0: You get the shower shot in two minutes, and then like two minutes later, you get the full deal. And I mean, yeah, I I, I have to at least give it a B for that. Um, we get the we get the baby pile. We get we get some really really interesting music. It's kind of like a mix between. What seems like um, dream sounds, things from his dreams entering reality, like the radio. Um, but it's a cool, disorienting mix of audio choices, like the radio static carrying over into like the first kind of big orchestral piece, um, yeah. al- along with like those female choir voices. I thought was was a cool mix of like again songs that are sounds that are supposed to be kind of from different realities all coming together and all all mixing as the piece progresses
1: I thought everything was well done. I thought it was well acted and it just there was nothing for me. I just felt myself watching it and keep waiting right. for more of that type of stuff that was in the beginning, at least cut away to like they did cut away to his past, which I thought was pretty cool. because Then you get some indication of why he's like such a prick because right. his parents are dead. and like, <laughs> So they do a good job. And I mean, for a pilot, you know, yeah, they're throwing like a few characters at you that seem like they're going to be around for the season at least or be play a major part in the season. And I'm not going to say it was like terrible like quality wise. I just didn't care and it was an hour of just a lot of camera angles and look how <laughs> awesome the Vatican is and I'm like I, I don't get who this is for.
0: CGI crowd shots.
1: Uh, right. Like I just and then they said like I at one point they were like, you know, I God doesn't make mistakes or he alluded to the fact that like he was there for the people, and everyone was perfect and great. And then they cut to like a person with Down syndrome, and like uh, I, I just it was weird. I didn't get what maybe I was looking too hard for messages. Yeah, I tend to do that. But
0: I, I mean, I think that the the way the the way the show is structured and the way the way they hang on a lot of stuff they're they're inviting that kind of interpretation like there's okay. a lot hidden in here right, that right. you can't initially see or at least that's what it seems like to me i don't know <laughs> there's just so much of that opening sequence that i want to talk yeah, about like they throw a lot at you these slow pans across all these like cardinals and whoever else is there doing basically the mannequin challenge Yeah, Like one's like completely dozed off when they cut to him and other is like smiling very still and creepy. I do like that. um, And again, I know it's not reality, but the opening scene really plays up the claustrophobia that somebody like the Pope has to feel. Like being seen as like a holy person must be very intrusive and very claustrophobic and that someone's always staring at you. They they're always expecting you to be more than a human being can possibly be. Like even right. though even though the Pope is just voted on <laughs> by like it's you just know, the guy. Like he has a, yeah. his name's
1: Lenny or something. Like yeah. it's just the it's guy.
0: A great fucking Pope name, Lenny. Um, <laughs> I lo- I love that his name's Lenny. But um, considering the only other TV character that I can remember that's named Lenny is the dumb guy from The Simpsons. The Simpsons, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's just like being the Pope. There has to be, like, fanboys, basically. Fanboys and fangirls that think you're literally, like, I mean, obviously we're not religious, but people that think that you're a disciple of straight from God.
1: Well, I grew up very religious, and yeah, like, I wasn't Catholic, but the the preacher man is, like, the first rock star you meet if you're, like, a religious kid. Mm -hmm. They seem to know stuff you don't and all the grown-ups you trust are listening to this one dude for like life wisdom and how to do things. And you're like, Oh my God, that must be like, that's the dude, you know? Mm-hmm. So the Pope is that times a million. I mean, you live in a golden fucking castle and you just like, you got those clown pajama guys guarding you. <laughs> it's odd. And I like, I thought it was cool to cast someone like Jude law, who obviously his reputation is not someone who would, give a shit about morals or religion just like in real life and it's nice to see him acting in something like cool and edgy or whatever they're trying to pull off here but
0: so, side uh, question. it would
1: suck to be the Pope
0: side question what is the percentage chance that Jude Law murders somebody at the end of young Pope season 1 <laughs> murders I think he's gonna
1: be uh, a ladies man yeah. or a man's man or both you think he's gonna be fucking I think so yeah um, i mean it's jude law like they already showed his butt that's a that's yeah. a little indicator
0: yeah <laughs> um so he, he gets to this speech and again the first five minutes isn't very economical at all it's um probably some unneeded pizzazz but again we're in a dream sequence. oh
1: god that intro shot i was like is this like okay. a good fella's tribute like that
0: <laughs> steady cam like I, I, do, I do enjoy the title treatment, how it, like, comes across in three strips with, like, his smile and his eyes popping out. Um, I, I do quite enjoy that. But he gets up there and <laughs> he, like, starts talking about how God does not leave anybody behind. I serve God. I serve you. To be in harmony with God, we must be in harmony with life. And then he goes, what else have we forgotten? And there's this slow zoom in on his face. And this yeah. the sound effect that I can only describe as Ferris Bueller-esque. It's like Yeah, it
1: was like a bass note, like a slide it? bass. Yeah, that was odd. It was so and when he said God off. doesn't Yeah, and when he said God doesn't leave anyone behind, that's when they showed like the person with Down syndrome and then a person that was kind of, I guess, by Hollywood standards, less traditionally attractive.
0: And what else have we forgotten?
1: We have forgotten to masturbate. Yeah, yeah and like <laughs> see god doesn't leave anyone behind except like you know but anyway yeah that bass note was they might as well but <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was like it was seriously played as like a comedic moment and then he just fucking yeah, yeah. like goes off on like masturbation and all this stuff and it's just the tones the tones in this show all together are constantly clashing like you know june law, yeah. june law will be like the the, sh- the shooting of the show will be very dramatic and like prestige level, and then Jula will be fucking talking about Coke Zero. Well then, I'll wait here for my cherry Coke Zero. And like, how he's not going to do anything until he gets a fucking Coke Zero, and you're like, what? <laughs> what is the actual? What's the tone they're trying to strike here? Am I supposed to be like? Is it supposed to be whiplash right now? Because that's what I'm feeling.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, it seemed to me like I, uh, we can talk about this IGN review a little later because we have 50 minutes left to talk about <laughs> this thing or 40. But um, it seems like they took Magnolia, House of Cards and American Psycho and added yeah. religion. and just like we need a handsome dude. And he like because, you know, at the beginning, I very much felt like a Paul Thomas Anderson vibe. I really, uh, With the babies, you place the babies with frogs, you know, you got yeah, that yeah. whole scene there. I re- and then like the political stuff with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm.
0: I really thought at one point he like did kind of like a half turn to the camera. I thought we were getting like a fourth wall break. yeah thank god they (laughs) didn't do that that
1: would have pushed it over the edge into
0: just shittiness i think that would have been that would have been again another tone jumping in there and trying to battle for supremacy so we get into real world shit here and if we have this famous i'll wait here for my cherry coke zero or maybe maybe infamous but like first off does that does that soda exist or it does, they... and it's delicious. Oh. Oh. I didn't know that. I didn't know they combined the cherry coke, and I thought it might be a diet cherry coke. I didn't know there there was a zero variety.
1: Oh, there is, and it's it's pretty pretty good.
0: What's your what's your quick ranking of diet sodas?
1: Well, does we it... you obviously know, do oh. is number one.
0: <laughs> diet do, yep. I Then I like to go with a
1: uh, Diet Sprite. That's light and mm-hmm. crisp. If the caffeine's getting me too anxious,
0: what what is the What's like the draw of Sprite? Because I've never been a Sprite guy. I've always been, it's been like Coke and then like a distant second is like cream. Well, Coke and cream soda is kind of at the top of my mountain. And then a distant second is like Dew and all the others.
1: Well, here's the thing. I think my whole diet soda thing, the truth of it is that I like it because it mixes with liquor. So Mm -hmm. when I'm not drinking liquor, I'm drinking my mixer all day just waiting to dump liquor into (laughs) it at night. And so I like the lighter shades of diet soda because they don't stain your teeth like a Diet Coke or a Cherry Coke Zero. Okay. But so, yeah, I'll go with the citrus ones, the top seven of those, 7-Up Sprite, blah, blah, blah. And then... I say Pepsi over Coke, man. I know you're a Coke guy, but I'm yeah. a Pepsi
0: man. Yeah. Well, we know now that Popes don't drink bitch soda. <laughs> no, they so. don't. <laughs> yeah. I the Grimes does, and Popes do not. <laughs> <laughs> I had something else for this, but I'll, I'll, oh, oh, oh! I do have something for this. Do we think that Lenny is kind of like is the kind of Pope that Trump will be as a president? Like wake yes. up, wake up at noon don't do any work until you get like your mcdonald's um mcgriddles and and then like kind of do work but then like just keep pushing things back all day
1: yeah i mean that's um dictators don't work they just stand (laughs) there and scare everyone into listening yeah
0: yeah uh okay so the the plot basically is that cardinal voyello i believe that's how you pronounce his name it it seems like he kind of orchestrated Lenny's ascension, and Voyalo seems like kind of like the second lead in this show, kind of on par with um, Diane Keaton. And from from what the HBO episode description says, he thought that he'd follow the lead on like Catholic policy and protocol. I, th- this is a guy who is the Vatican sec- Vatican Secretary of State, um, and that kind of sets up the conflict between those two and their very passive. I won't even call it passive, just their aggressive conversation um, later yeah. on in the episode. And then we have like these other random characters tossed in. We have Diane Keaton, who was a nun, a sister, excuse me, who took care of Lenny when he was younger um, after his parents died and who he has now brought to the Vatican in order to serve as his assistant, which he springs on Voyello at kind of the, last second uh pissing him off then on top of that we have a very very quick appearance from james cromwell
1: yeah yeah
0: I, I read in some review because they don't really dive into exactly like what he is what his deal is or he was involved in the election in some capacity i'm not sure exactly um what his total deal is but in the pilot we're not supposed to know he just tries to kill himself <laughs> is yeah. stopped. is stopped and then we don't you don't see him again in the episode right
1: uh no there was like a little second yeah you might have seen him before and then the main thing was when yeah he was going to try and uh slice off him, and dice off
0: himself and the and the other main characters are uh, again they make brief appearances the guy that takes the confessionals who <laughs> becomes his becomes pope lenny's spy uh which is something i saw from a fucking mile away yeah yeah that was gonna be pretty yeah yeah, like once once he said like i need you to do something for me i'm like spy and that's about it the rest of the guys are just creepy looking italian dudes
1: yeah i mean there were some great moments like that conversation between those two when he says that sister mary's gonna be his assistant when he like lights up his cigarette and they're He's like, you can't smoke in here. He's like, come on, I'm the Pope. Like, I can do what I want. Let's go.
0: Uh, let's go back to Lenny as the Pope name because I have some notes about. It. First off, Lenny's like the guy. Lenny's not a Pope name. Lenny's like the guy who worked too long at Walmart and he knows he's kind of stuck there forever. So he's trying to be like a manager of lawn and garden. That's a Lenny. Yes. Lenny, Lenny is like the name that actors had before they changed their name to Jude. So, like, right, when, right. Their, when their name was Lenny Law, they were like, I can't take that to Hollywood. I have to, be, I have to be something far more sophisticated. So, what would be, if you had to go the second most unlikely Pope name, what would be after Lenny for you? I'm going to say, like, a, a Rick or a Chuck. <laughs> something with a hard K. Pope, pope Chuck. <laughs> I like that. I, I think Pope Rick is a really good one, too. Mostly because every time I think Rick, I think Trailer Park Boys.
1: Yeah, I think of uh, Rick and Morty because I've watched it more recently, but, you know, Trailer Park Boys never really leaves my mind.
0: Pope, Pope Morty. Uh, So, I've basically went over the entire plot. Like, nothing really goes on in this episode besides, it's a lot of setup, it's a lot of like the beginning of, the beginning of what seems like season-long arcs. I, this isn't like a Pope case of the week type of show. I would assume, right? No, it, hopefully not. This is like not. the beginning of the machinations of things that will take a long time to sort themselves out. And by long time, I mean like season one will end with the young Pope giving like a dirty look to somebody, and that will be like the big turn, <laughs> and that that's gonna be it. I don't. I just don't see a ton happening in this show.
1: Yeah, I mean what. What can you really, to quote Gene Bentley of IGN, this is a (laughs) boring as hell prestige piece. Like, what what can you do as Pope? We know the real-life Pope right now, he's supposedly this young, or not young, but like progressive, like young-minded dude, and everyone likes him. But like you said, the the actual life of a Pope, how much can go on behind closed doors that's that exciting that's going to sustain Season upon season of a TV show, if he's not murdering or fucking, like
0: lots of convos, bro. Lots of tense, just all these
1: tense. political <laughs> arguments and yeah. like, oh, we're introducing this groundbreaking feminist idea that like women have value as humans. Like, yeah, I, get I just it. I don't know what what ground they're breaking here, other than him being kind of a dick as a pope. Like,
0: yeah, and the and the pope that we actually have is right now more radical than the young pope. So right. um, unless Unless the young Pope moves past Pope whatever his face is that we have now, because I don't pay attention to that shit, then why does this show exist? Like, the Pope now is, like, coming out and saying, like, breastfeeding in public, totally fine. All this other stuff, totally fine. The young Pope has has to exceed that. Or else yeah, like, I mean, it's a it's a, a wussier version of reality.
1: I guess to think about it, the real Pope's name is Frank. Just to point the Francis, but oh, Frank Francis. for short. Sure. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, the real Pope has alluded to a lot of the things that that um Lenny did in that dream speech. Like I think that he will eventually talk about like human sexuality a little bit. I don't think he's gonna be like, yeah, let's party, but I think that, you
0: know, <laughs> That should be how he starts. This should be a nice, <laughs> low, a nice low uh, Seinfeld-esque baseline, And then he should throw his hands up and say, let's party. But he says it in Latin,
1: so it sounds really fancy.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, see. how are they going to top
1: the actual real pope? That's the thing. And what are they going to have him doing that's so, you know, because if he has nightmares about being... A radical that what's he just a boring asshole then and we're supposed to watch all these great scenes of like architecture I just I don't yeah, know
0: he plays it like an he plays it kind of like a nightmare or at least he describes it to others as a nightmare like he's telling people that he had a dream and I said all these crazy things unless he's just putting on a front for the speech he's eventually going to make yeah he's gonna be a a more conservative version of what we have you know what I was kind of waiting for is like a Mad Men style pilot turn where yeah you know you have this like playboy and then he comes home and he has a family but I thought they would make it the reverse where we have this this conservative figure who then goes back to his quarters and he has two women waiting for him exactly that's whatever.
1: what I was waiting for the whole time
0: or something that threw a monkey wrench into this figure I think we needed that in the pilot it shouldn't have ended with a, another another um, drawn-out conversation on the top of a building overlooking, overlooking a CGI Vatican City. Like, that's kind of what threw me, is that there was no, like, interesting twist. I mean, Mad Men is a show that is as slow as this, is as caught up in visuals as this, but just has much stronger plotting in its pilot and establishes its characters in a much more effective and economical manner i mean how many times do we have to see voyello be a jerk off to be like we get it the guy's right a we found out. the jerk next
1: <laughs> like next character please
0: <laughs> like pete campbell's like two scenes they're all or two or three scenes they're all entertaining and they paint different uh facets of his jerkiness here it's just like we get it like he's telling the guy when to laugh and how much to laugh he's controlling like that's his main attribute and we get it three to four different ways
1: yeah and they they allude to a lot of like religious control and religious politics mm-hmm. and showing him be yeah the the more traditional figure, whereas the young guy is going to do what he wants uh, to an extent. Mm-hmm.
0: Really what Lenny reminded me of was like a cowboy type figure. Like he, first off, he's rocking a straight up cowboy hat and I know and he's American he's, and he's American and he's got that cowboy imagery going on passing in front of the curtain with the hats on, you know, and he's supposed to be this hero, this villain, And also the moral center and also the worst person in the Vatican. He's supposed to be all these different things, which is kind of the complexity that you see with, like, you know, a traditional cowboy-esque character. That mix of good and bad that those characters often represent seems to be the closest that matches him. You know, the hero who may get from point A to point B in a way that other characters don't respect Or that other characters wouldn't be able to rationalize with in, like, a moral sense. So he was more like a cowboy to me than anything, than, like, a Don Draper or anything like that.
1: Yeah, they did do the cowboy more than the antihero, which I was, again, waiting for them, like you said, go back to his room and have a couple ladies or a pile of coke or something. Alcohol something. Something. But then I was like, well, I kind of hope they don't do that. Because we have 15 awesome hour-long dramatic series that do that really, you know, you can... That source material, other than okay, this one's in the mafia. This one sells ads. This one sells cars. Like, there are, we don't need one that's the Pope. Like, can we please try a new idea a little bit? Like, this, you're already in some pretty murky waters. Like the the Catholic Church doesn't exactly love being referenced in pop culture, especially when there's any kind of controversy attached.
0: Right. It's uh, just so you know. This show would have been really ballsy ten years ago. That's basically what it is. Yeah,
1: I feel it's just like not.
0: And House of Cards is gonna encounter, even though House of Cards is four seasons deep or whatever, they're going to encounter the same issue now that we have something more ridiculous and more far fetched than anything that they could come up with. Right. Like, w- w- what can, where can House of Cards go from here?
1: Yeah, like, it's like, ooh, he murdered a person with a subway train. Big deal. Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, Donald Trump is flat faced lying to the general public and people are just eating it up. So I yeah. mean, I would argue that anything that they could put on that show is going to be, is going to pale in comparison. And I think this is, this kind of has the same, the same issue, I guess. Yep. Um, we are
1: beyond the pale. There is just nothing left to <laughs> skewer in society because we are a parody. America has become a fucking parody of itself. Like we're living it at TV. And especially, I, you know, I mean, part of this thing is I don't really watch a lot of dramas, um, but especially now, like for the next four years, if I even can laugh or find any happiness, like it's not going to be because they're going to parallel Trump. You almost all these shows are going to have to do the Trump metaphor in their own way. You know, they're going to have to show that if you have all, no one man should have all that power kind of thing, like. Mm-hmm. They might as well have had that song in this fucking show.
0: Well, I'll tell you where that song did appear, and it is in the new Power Rangers trailer.
1: Oh, good. Every good.
0: every action movie has to have power as their as, as their a, theme as yeah. their trailer song. So you know, if you want to if you want to get some extra Kanye in your life, and they they kind actually kind of use it in a cool way. Well, okay,
1: despite just, that movie being all those movies being about the one man who should <laughs> in fact have all that power, right, right. <laughs> to save us, but you know. <laughs> I think yeah, they're just like what are we what are we getting out of this thing that I'm not already getting on the, the damn real and or fake news.
0: Mm-hmm. I I will say that there are some like <laughs> the show kind of sucks at times, but then it's like surprisingly funny. It's like totally audacious in the lines that it tries to pull off. Like I totally respect the Cherry Coke Zero line because it's so fucking out there. Holy Father.
1: Holy Father. Smoking is not allowed in the papal palace. Is that so?
0: Who decided that? John Paul II. The Pope? Yes, the Pope. There's a new Pope now. There is like a slight barrier in terms of like what is natural conversation and what is just like on the edge of ridiculousness.
1: Here's the thing, though, like that when I see a line like or hear a line like there's a new pope now, what I picture (laughs) is Kevin Hart on a poster for a movie called Black Pope (laughs) three. And like there's a new pope now and it's my grandson and we're on the third movie and just keep giving. You know what I'm saying? Like that is such a shit line that you would put in the shittiest like Paul Blart. There's a new cop now. Like, yeah. I love I love that you called
0: it Black Pope.
1: Well <laughs> oh, yeah, like it, it just whatever you, etchy, know, you bro. Can just call that for anything. That's for gonna, anything. Like
0: that's gonna be the new so shitty. You really guy. HBO is
1: not known for shittiness.
0: <clears throat> that's gonna be the new Netflix movie series is Black Pope starring Black pope Kevin James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what oh, are some God. other great lines? Oh yeah, the the build up to that is smoking is not allowed in the papal policy. There's a new Pope now, baby. I I want him to say baby. At the end of every line. That's that's what, that's what I really want out of this show. Uh, you should laugh, but in proportion, baby. Um, the Coke <laughs> yeah. line, just add a baby on the end. And now you're in full-fledged comedy mode. The show is really, this episode is really structured in like, <laughs> after the dream sequence, it's basically Lenny going to all these figures and threatening them. Which I thought was pretty funny in itself. Like he threatens Voyolo, and then he goes to that museum, almost runs into like a crowd of tourists just to threaten the museum guy. He's just he's just going around delivering his like opening threats.
1: He's got a lot of vindictiveness in him.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Voyolo, if you've seen like um, like Deadwood, he's kind of like the E.B. Farnum of the story. He's like a sleazeball kid dressed in an adult suit.
1: Yeah, yeah, He's, like,
0: constantly sucking up to the Pope in order to advance. He's constantly backstabbing him at the same time. Because E.B. Farnham in Deadwood is this character that's constantly sucking up to Al Swearinger. And, like, he he becomes, like, the mayor of this town, has no real power, and is kind of bitter about it. And I could see this guy, he becomes the Secretary of State yet he has no actual influence over the actions of the Catholic Church and that is just going to drive him nuts. And possibly he you know, it seems like he's going to take action against uh Sister Mary at some point. Um so I I guess we'll kind of see how that story progresses. We will. I guess. Well, the people who
1: watch this show will. I will not,
0: but <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'm going to watch it. Another good line. Uh, Lenny's asking if it's t- if it's tough to close down Vatican City to tourists, and then the guy just says, "No, we just hang a sign that says closed." And that was that's <laughs> yeah. it. I, I did I did quite I quite enjoyed that. Um, I do like how like they obviously with the confessional person, you know that he's spying, but I love that it's reinforced by Lenny calling out the guy for looking at the statue with his eyes closed. Yeah, stop looking at that statue. I thought that was. Um, a nice reinforcement and a nice like clarification of what he's actually doing you know the writing i enjoyed the friendliness
1: speech with the uh, overly uh touchy nun who tried to you know come and hug him and kiss him and ask what he wanted for lunch and right. he goes into the whole like you know i don't like friendliness i like formality and leaves no room for ambiguity i enjoy that and i think that's true i think that's a good way to go through life <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah hugs and kisses are a little too much with strangers um, name, I would say name recognition and like remembrance of characters is not strong in this pilot. Really the only nope. name I I remembered were the American ones and that's probably just my centralist English viewpoint and that's probably why, but like I couldn't remember any of the Cardinals names. Nope. So maybe they need probably to- won't have to
1: in the show anyway. They probably each have their own little B story maybe or something yeah. and then they yeah. get murdered or whatever happens. hmm
0: um when he goes and threatens the Gutierrez who works at the museum he says my mind is a gap and everything will be revealed it's not a skill Gutierrez it's my destiny so he's fucking that dude up um I I do like the line the man is like god he never changes Um, yeah
1: all that stuff seemed pretty true I like that too
0: yeah yeah there's there's some lines that
1: there's some good stuff in here just not you know
0: Mm-hmm. I would say the writing is very much one rhythm though. Like there's setup, 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 punchline or future meme. <laughs> That's yeah, all, like every yeah. line is structured like. But what are you saying? Memorable line. I'm saying yeah. I'm saying that I don't believe, don't in, believe God. in God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like everything is building to like a line that the writer thinks is going to be memorable.
1: Like, I'm getting an Emmy for this fucking shit for sure. <laughs> Almost like
0: that's what Americans like, would want in their American television. Like, oh, they want like the guy to say like, something really cool at the end of every sentence. When really it's been proven, maybe not in ratings, but this show wasn't going to get huge ratings anyways, that we, right. we like long conversations and complex characters. And like, I felt like this show was kind of punching down at us at times
1: yeah it was like that's what i meant like who is this for what is what audience is are they hoping to cultivate or tap in because i would think already established catholics are going to be put off by some of the language and how he's like brash and whatever there's nudity likely yeah um and non-catholics either aren't going to get a lot of this shit or just don't like, why would you want to just sit and watch? Like, I'm not going to watch a thing about any religion. Like, I don't care if they put Hugh Grant or some cool British dude in it. Like, I just, I don't understand. And then, yeah, the audience that is there, like, uh, apparently just critics and
0: mm-hmm.
1: people that like Jude Law's memes.
0: Um, <laughs> I, I guess that was my point from earlier, that everything, like, builds to a punchline. I think that is a misunderstanding of what we like now. And, yes, I agree. I would have liked, I would have liked the complexity of the first twenty minutes and the weirdness of the first twenty minutes to stretch out over the fifty minutes. Like yes. that was the most interesting part, and then, like when it's like meme central, it gets boring to me. I, I have know.
1: to agree, and they should have maybe like I don't know. I'm not gonna say they should have, but it would have been cool if. The All that front-loaded awesome shit was maybe interspersed with the childhood stuff and just kind of do more back-and-forth cutting. People tend to like that shit if you're trying to please the audience, which you should never really do anyway. But mm. it would have been nice to not front-load everything good in the first third and then wait through all that camera yeah, work.
0: That It could have been like multiple dreams or... However, they wanted to structure it or multiple segments delivered throughout the yeah. episode. Yeah, and of, an hour's of, long, kind of to build a little bit of suspense. The end, the end statement. I'm saying that I don't believe in God. He is saying this to the uh, the guy that takes the confessionals. Again, I apologize. I don't know the terms. And he, then at the end, after a little break, he goes, "I was joking," but was he, bro? Was he joking? Probably not. He probably doesn't believe in God. That's the big message here.
1: He probably believes he is God, just like Trump. God,
0: my conscience does not accuse me because you do not believe I am capable of repenting. And therefore, I do not believe in you. I don't believe you're capable of saving me from myself. Holy Father, what are you saying? I'm saying that I don't believe in God, Tommaso.
1: What are you saying? Blessed Father. Tommaso.
0: Tommaso. I was joking. It's possible. (laughs) Any any other random notes that you want to throw out there?
1: No, I was going to just talk about the intro, how it was super long, but we covered that pretty well. Um... We talked about the fanboy aspect and the Beatle mania, mania kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you covered everything I have. I just thought this was a show that uh, I just don't need. It wasn't bad. I'm <laughs> sure people love it. Like, I get it, but.
0: I don't know if people loved it. I don't think that many people watched it. I don't think it got to a million viewers, which I think I is,
1: guess maybe because I'm on the internet all the time, that's how I judge things. Like if it's oh, popular yeah. on these websites, it must be popular in life.
0: <laughs> like internet echo chamber wise, the, the young pope is a hit, but I don't think any normal people were like Jones. This is and great. For, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jones in for a Jew law dream sequence for 20 right. minutes. You're most
1: likely correct about that.
0: Most baller line in the whole thing. Pope enters the confessional says, "I don't have any sins to confess." <laughs> yeah. That's called being a baller, son. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's up there. And, I mean, that's probably where you get the whole, like, how can a guy who thinks he's God believe and work for God type thing. All we'll right, see. right,
0: let's, let's do some reviews. Um, I have a couple. I know you have an IGN one. Do you have any other segments that you want to drop for us?
1: Well, I just, uh, other than that, um, I thought that was really good. I read the AV Club one, of course, but that was as long as the show. <laughs> um, so I didn't, like, take it to heart. But, no, I mean, that's. It doesn't seem like it's getting panned. People are like, "It's good," but it's just like, "Why?" That that would be my review, and that's what I'm reading.
0: Yeah, Vanity Fair said Sorrentino has a cadence all his own, one that syncs up quite well with the peculiar vernacular of Vatican City. Something like the young pope does. Something the young pope does beautifully is capture a sense of hushed but pulsing dreaminess, a muffled tone of reverence and religious ecstasy. Um, The A.V. Club says that Sorrentino Sorrentino is a stylist arranging his cast and tableaus that mimic the antiquities and masterworks that surround them, but he draws beguiling performances out of those actors as well. Like Law, Keaton sinks her teeth into a fairly thin stake of a character, a hard-nosed protector who lets Keaton flash cunning and devilishness that she can't say, that she can't and say Love the Coopers. Apparently they took a shot at Love the Coopers in that review I, shots is, fired is that a movie
1: i don't know what it is
0: we're 18 minutes shy but i don't really care right. i'm
1: pro jude law but i'm anti young pope that's my yeah. final answer <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right let's wrap this up this has been pilot study episode number 42 of course as always we'll leave you a clip of our next episode. Again, we're kind of in like a random period. We're just picking a, a few different episodes. No theme month or anything like that for a little while, but we've got some good stuff upcoming for you. Grimes, do your plugs. All
1: right. Well, Twitter underscore Grimes John. That's
0: it. <laughs> right, that's, it. that's it. I'm at Chris Lantinen, C H R E S L A N T I N E N. And of course, we are hosted by modern vinyl.com at modern vinyl on Twitter. And yeah, at Pilot Study Pod as well, uh, and, and at Pilot Study Pod, I've been posting on it. I've been posting some TV thoughts, and uh, I've been retweeting some previews of our episodes. So yeah, get in, get into it, and uh, we will talk to you guys later.
1: Anne Frank perished in a concentration camp. Anne Frank is a tragic figure. How could Anne Frank be lucky?
0: I don't know because she was. Trapped in an
1: attic for three years, this guy surely liked. Never know what show they're going to talk about, but they're only going to talk about the first one,
0: and that's the premise behind Pilot's study.
1: Ow. Oh. Plumber.